Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Thursday, June 17th, 2021. We're brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best that there is. All right, best dentist that there is. Why not hire the best if you can? If you're in central Indiana, give them a call, 317-849-2933. It is just that easy. An absolutely splendid afternoon in central Indiana. Why the hell aren't they playing the U.S. Open here, right? Uh, If you like the video, hit like. Why not? Let's talk about my top ten. It's mine. Not a panel of elders, not a council of, of, uh, you know, longtime Hoosiers. No, these are my top ten teams and or moments in Indiana sports history. All right, number ten, Fuzzy Zeller winning the 1979 Masters Tournament in Augusta, the first Indiana native to get that done. He went to New Albany High School. I was then a resident of New Albany and a student at New Albany High School, and I love this for two reasons. All right, number one, Fuzzy was down three with three to play as he approached the 16th. And I told my dad, I said, Dad, I think he can do it. And Dad said, yeah, I don't think so. It's never going to happen. And I said, why? He's down three with three to play. He goes, hey, you know, that. So, well, thank you very much. Yeah, are, are those lilies? I have no idea. So they go to a playoff. Fuzzy winds up winning. And then they have a parade down Spring Street in New Albany, which is really nothing more than Fuzzy in a convertible, smoking vantages, and uh, drinking a Stroh's beer. Got a can of Stroh's. He's sitting in the back of the convertible waving at people. So fuzzy, so New Albany, so unbelievable. Absolutely, to me, hilarious. And a beautiful afternoon where my dad was wrong. It didn't happen often. I relished it when it did. Number uh, number nine, the 2013 Indiana University basketball team. It had been a long time. It had been 11 years, really, since Indiana had been nationally relevant in, a, in an important way. And this team was relevant, and this was the best team in the country for a period of time until their hard work, their earnestness, their diligence – caught up with them and they lost their legs and you could see it happen as they played Ohio State 
at Assembly Hall. First half went great for the first 15 minutes, and they lost their legs. The last five minutes, not so good. First five minutes of the second half, same deal. They looked really good, and then the last 15 minutes of the game, they did not look good. They were losing their legs because they had overworked. This, a hallmark of Tom Crean's leadership at Indiana, at Marquette, and now at Georgia. There is a level at which you cannot ask your body to go more, go deeper, dig further. And that was reached in 2013 with that Indiana team. Indiana, in the NCAA tournament against Syracuse, did an absolutely terrible job of attacking the 2-3 zone of, of Syracuse. School children in Indiana know that the way to beat a 2-3 zone is to attack the middle. You flash middle, pop the ball in there, and either the guy in the middle turns around, hits a 15-footer, or draws the defense, he dumps it down for a layup, or defense comes from someplace else, he pops it out, you knock down a three. This was a perfect team, the Indiana team was, to beat Syracuse by shooting threes. Getting the ball to Zeller in the middle, which they did once that entire game. By my count, I've never rewatched the game. That's from memory in 2013, eight years ago. They popped it into Zeller once. That, that You can overthink trying to beat a zone. Beating a zone is not brain surgery. Like I said, pop it into the middle. Uh, my, two th or my number eight and number seven teams are virtually the same group. They're the two teams from Butler who went to the national championship game in both 2010 and 2011. To do that twice out of the Horizon League was absolutely unbelievable, a heroic effort by the Butler Bulldogs, led by, not Brad Stevens, led by Matt Howard. Matt Howard was the linchpin that put the Butler Bulldogs where it went. My son, Matt Howard, and Zach Hahn from that team played summer basketball together, and, and the one thing that you knew about Matt was that Matt wasn't going to take any crap, and he wasn't going to walk onto the floor without believing that he was his team was going to win a game. He had... he. There was nothing about Matt, his makeup, psychologically, that allowed him to be intimidated by anybody. He wasn't intimidated by the moment in any of the NCAA tournament games, and it was because of him they got to where they needed to go. You want to build a, st a statue to somebody out in front of Hinkle? It's not Brad Stevens, it's Matt Howard, and I'll go farther. Brad Stevens should send a tithe, 10% of everything that he makes coaching or presidenting or whatever he does with the Boston Celtics or anyone else. He should send 10% of whatever he earns to Matt Howard because without Matt Howard, he'd still be the head coach at Butler. And Butler would never have been invited to the A-10, would never have been invited to the Big East. That was Matt Howard. Brad Stevens was smart enough to see it, to recruit it, and to close it, but Matt Howard was the guy. And anybody who's played with Matt Howard or knows Matt Howard at all knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, my number six favorite team, the 2000 Indiana Pacers, who lost in the NBA Finals to the L.A. Lakers. And, and it wasn't just this team getting to the Finals that really made it fun for me to watch. It was the fact that this was the last roundup. And you kind of knew that it was, just like the Bulls. And we'll talk about the Bulls team in 1998 in a minute. All right, but the last dance, you know what? This is the last dance for that Pacers team who for seven, eight seasons was one of the best in the NBA and among the best in the Eastern Conference.
that team was really fun to watch, and this was its last rodeo, and I think they made the most of it, taking the Pacers franchise to the NBA Finals for the first and still only time. Um, then the, my number five favorite team. This is going to sound ridiculous, but it's a Super Bowl champion Indianapolis Colts team from 2006. They were really, really good. And the only reason they're really on the list is because, like, if you win an NFL championship, if you win a Lombardi trophy for a city, how in the world do you not put that team on your list? But that game against the Bears was kind of anticlimactic. You knew that they were going to win that game. The game that I really liked, even though Devin Hester returned the opening kickoff, whatever, for a touchdown, I didn't care. You knew that Peyton Manning... You weren't going to lose the the Manning-Grossman matchup, for the love of God. I don't care what the Bears' defense was. That game against the Patriots, where the Patriots led 21-3. to And you thought, oh no, it's happening again. And all of a sudden, it didn't happen again. And uh, Dan Klecko catches that touchdown pass. Peyton Manning, he sneaks for a touchdown. Joseph Adai plays really well. And, and the defense got the interception at the end that secured the Super Bowl berth for the Indianapolis Colts. Marlon, Matt, Marlon Jackson, God bless him. Fantastic play. Really, really good dude. And uh, the Colts, they go to the Super Bowl. And the best Super Bowl show, halftime show ever, was that Prince show in the middle of that ball game that the Colts uh, won against the Chicago Bears. I went to a party like at that horseshoe place. It's gone now, but it's at 96th Street near Hague. And uh, Julie and I went to the tent party, and I wore this Bears thing, right? It's a Colts party, for God's sake, in Indianapolis. And and they're playing the Bears. We get there about two hours before game time. I'm wearing this Bears thing. And people look at me like I got six heads. They look at me like, like I'm clinically insane. So I'm walking around, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Whoa, all right. And... Uh, then it starts to get like, what in the world is this idiot doing? And people start to get, they're not just curious anymore, they're angry. And I think, well, I better put an end to this. So I take the Bears thing off, I throw it down, I stomp on it, and the crowd went wild. And then we went to a, uh, we went to another party. It was just kind of grandstanding at a place that was near our house. So it, it didn't take us like, wait, it was that Blue Crew bar. Anyway, that was fun. I enjoyed that. I thought I was going to get the hell kicked out of me there for a second. Um, my number four all-time favorite team is the 2009 Colts. I love this team, and they should have won the Super Bowl. And if Hank Baskett hadn't been born with two bricks at the end of his wrists instead of two functioning hands with ten fingers, they would have won that game. If he falls on that onside kick, the Colts, to open the second half, they were up 10-6. to six. They are going to score. Momentum would have swung way to the Colts. They'd have gotten the win in that game against the Saints. It didn't happen. You had uh, Porter take back that pick six from Manning. But what do you want to do? You're behind. you got to get aggressive, whatever. Hank Bass could put the Colts in that position. And there's no doubt about it. And another reason I love that team is because they were resilient in the face of incredible hubris and arrogance by general manager Bill Polian or team president Bill Polian. In the 15th game of the season against the Jets at Lucas Oil Stadium, Pullian pulls the plug on an undefeated season. Peyton Manning still with his helmet on. You can tell he's furious on the sidelines because he knows what's at stake. If you could go undefeated and win a Super Bowl, you're going to be a history's team. 
and forever, all the stuff you sign is going to get you a lot of money. More money than you would have gotten otherwise. And what happened? Polian, Mr. Hubris, Mr. Arrogance, pulled the plug on that undefeated season potentially and decided that the Colts didn't deserve the opportunity to find a way to win every game. And as much as I respect and believe Bill Polian is one of the most able executives in the history of professional sports, that was not a glorious moment for the Indianapolis Colts or for Bill Polian. Not a good day. And, and the people who are at Lucas Oil Stadium, I was there, I was in a suite like midfield with the great Paulie Balst. And we see Curtis Painter come off the sidelines onto the field. I was like, holy hell, that isn't Manning. What are they doing? And the crowd figured it out and booze cascaded upon Curtis Painter in a way he didn't deserve then, doesn't deserve today. Those boos, they should still echo in the, in the ear and in the brain of Bill Polian. Uh, number three, the 1998 Pacers that lost to that last dance team of the Chicago Bulls in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Bulls go up 2-0 in that series. Pacers come back to win game three. And then in game four at Market Square Arena, they're down seven, the Pacers are, with seven minutes left. They fight back. They take a lead. They lose the lead. And then Reggie Miller, from deep, from 25 feet, with less than a second left, boom, baby. And the Pacers, even the series at two, despite the fact that Michael Jordan had a really good look at the end, coming off the timeout with like .9 seconds left, he launched a shot that hit the rim, what, 75 times? And out. It rimmed out. Damn right, Mark Boyle. Uh, so the Pacers wind up forcing a game seven. The home team won every game that series. And how much fun was that? That was about as much fun as we can have. You knew Pippen and Jordan were champs up at, up at the fashion mall. You knew that Rodman was out in Broad Ripple until like five in the morning. It was, it was bedlam. It was like Indianapolis suddenly became Vegas. How much fun was that? My number two favorite team of all time, the 1981 Indiana Hoosiers, who started the season seven and five. They didn't look very good, but you saw it. You saw it like glimpses of this team's potential greatness. Even at seven and five, you had Isaiah Thomas and Landon Turner, Ray Tolbert, uh, Jim Thomas, Randy Whitman, Ted Kitchell, Tony Brown, Glenn Grunwald, Phil Eisenbarger, Mike LaFave, Chuck Franz. You had a lot of really good basketball players on that team. And they finally figured out how to come together as a unit. And instead of playing like this, we talk about it all the time, how fit is so important in business and sports. That team figured out during a season how to fit together in a way that nobody could beat. That game between Indiana and Maryland might have been the best performance I've ever seen from a college basketball team. They absolutely throttled a very good Maryland team in the first round of that NCAA tournament, and they beat a really good UNC team by 13 in the national championship game. It was fantastic. So much fun to be a part of and so much fun to see those players around campus and in Briscoe eating dinner and stuff and, and feeling like somehow you were, you were a part of it. If Landon doesn't get hurt on his way to Kings Island, if Ted Kitchell doesn't hurt his back, if, 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 if a lot of things, if Isaiah doesn't go to the pros, that team wins multiple national championships. My favorite all-time Indiana sports team or moment, I got to tell you, 
It was the 1995 Indianapolis Colts. Captain Comeback, and while we all enjoy loathing Jim Harbaugh today as the head coach at Michigan and think he's just nuts, boy, in 1995, he kind of captured our imagination, led the Colts back many, many times. Yeah, I know it. In 1980, New Albany. But you know what? I mean, while fuzzy, they didn't win. They didn't win the championship. Of course they were wonderful. We love them. You know, and, and you can't have a conversation with Dan Dockich without talking about him because he was on the losing end of that semifinal game in 1980 for Gary Andrean, where that Paulson kid missed the two foul shots. You think he's forgotten that? No, not so much. Loved that New Albany deal. Uh, and it was so fun going to the 40th anniversary of that team's uh, success back in February of 1980 or in uh, 2020. Charlie Vass was there, the assistant coach. And, and we're sitting there talking, and he goes, you know, my wife thought we were nuts. I said, honey, I got to go to this thing. I'm the last surviving coach. And she said, what are you talking about? A 40th anniversary? You guys didn't win. <laughs> he said, I know, but it's New Albany, so what are you going to do? Uh, the 1995 Colts. And what I loved about this team is it wasn't just Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk gets turf toe. And so Lamont Warren and Zach Crockett step into the breach against the Chargers and the Chiefs and find a way to compel that team. And the defense was terrific, too, and the offensive line was wonderful. To the AFC Championship game in Pittsburgh. And, and that was a great weekend and really, really fun where the people of Pittsburgh were phenomenally friendly to us until Floyd Turner caught the touchdown pass that gave the Colts a brief lead in the fourth quarter. When that happened, all of a sudden, the guys in Pittsburgh were in the upper deck, in the corner, by the way, where Aaron Bailey, the ball fell on Aaron Bailey's chest and kind of rolled off. Um, that Hail Mary from Harbaugh. Anyway, people, like, I'm up there, and they're looking. And they're not wearing shirts, and it's like 42 degrees, right? And, and so I think, well, these people got to be loaded. What are they looking up here for? I was wearing a Marshall Falk jersey, and they're like, okay, that guy. That's the guy. If the Colts win this, we're going to kill him. We're going to exact revenge on that guy. And so when that Hail Mary occurred, I had in my head, I thought that Aaron Bailey caught it for a second. And st so did Steve Simpson from WIBC, who I was with. We're sitting in the upper deck, and we're hugging each other. And then I think, oh, no, I'm going to get killed. I'm going to be killed. If Aaron and then the uh, referee waves it off. I'm like, okay. I'm going to live to, you know, cheer another day. So we're on our way out of Three Rivers Stadium, and right next to where I'm walking, whap, uh, a glass bottle hits the chain-link fence. And then whap, another one, five of them hit the chain-link fence. And I think, what are these people doing? Throwing the bottles at a fence. What's the matter with them? And I think, whoa, uh-oh, they're not throwing the bottles at the fence. They're throwing the bottles at the idiot wearing the Marshall Falk jersey. So I got the hell out of there. We got into a cab and got out of town. Uh, but that, it, it was so much fun to watch the city of Indianapolis figure out exactly what professional football was. In previous years, I moved here in 93. In 93 and 94, if you stood up at the RCA Dome and expressed any joy over anything or started to get loud, people from behind you would tell you to sit down like you were in a movie theater. That's the kind of football fandom we had in Indianapolis at that time. 95, it all flipped. 
people here figured out how to watch football, how to enjoy football, and would show up at the airport, tens of thousands of people would show up at the terminal to welcome guys home because they came in through a regular terminal back in the day. It's not like walking down the, like you've got the flight of stairs now that takes you to a bus and then to the, the complex. They walked through the airport to their cars. And, and to see 10,000 people line the corridors uh, of the airport to welcome the Colts back from San Diego or Kansas City, and, and then I suppose after losing from Pittsburgh too, it was just really, really fun to be a part of the renaissance of this city where it went from being a purely basketball town to also being a football town. It was very, very cool. We had a great time. So there's the top 10. I got to tell you, I labored for a long time over it, and I did, Steve, think about the 1980 New Albany team, but it, it just seemed stupid to have. A, if they had gone undefeated and won against Broad Ripple in the, the state championship game, yes, yes, of course, you've got to put them in there. But they didn't win. They were my favorites, though. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.